We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast welcome back to another episode of the pack a day podcast you can get all your pack a day updates by following us on twitter at pack a day podcast and remember you can always subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, google play TuneIn, stitcher or spotify and of course you can always check us out over at cheeseheadtv.com I'm Kyle Fellows, and I'm joined by my co-host, Andrew Mertig, and we're here for another Friday edition of the podcast. There's nothing going on in the NFL, going on with the Packers. Uh, Andrew, how are you doing? Yeah, it seemed like we were going to be like close to unveiling at least, you know, what what is rumored to take place in this trade between the Green Bay Packers and New York Jets, but instead we're being told, like, just wait. Maybe you'll get news tomorrow. Maybe not. We don't know. Uh, so it's a little aggravating. At least one more day of refreshing Twitter multiple times yes. uh, every hour and and just seeing if anything has blown it up. But yes. um, yeah, so I'm I'm hoping we, we dragged our feet on recording late into the evening and, and just hoping that we don't have to hit pause halfway through and then like scrap this whole thing and mm-hmm. re-record. Absolutely. Yeah. The the news coming out tonight, it is about nine o'clock Eastern or a little after uh, Jeremy Fowler saying that he doesn't expect a deal 
uh, to happen this evening, as Andrew said, but that maybe tomorrow is possible, but that he does think that it is headed in that direction. The other little nugget that was tossed out uh, as he was talking is he does not believe that a David Bakhtiari attachment is going to be involved in the trade. He just believes that the salary would be too much for the Jets to take on and that that would be a really big obstacle in that being the case. So that was, you know, a rumor floating around Twitter. It doesn't mean it can't happen, but it seems like it's not something that he expects uh, for to be a part of the deal. Yeah, for the insiders, it does seem to be a lot of conjecture at this point. You right. know, we, we don't think this is mm-hmm. happening. Um, right. There are other players being talked about, but we don't know who. Yep. Um, I know Andy Herman had mentioned maybe even, you know, a month or, or two ago, um, some potential trade possibilities and had talked about maybe the Packers were trying to unload Darnell Savage's contract yeah. and mm-hmm. maybe they'd be willing to take a little less compensation. I would hate something like that because I think you need to, you know, if you're going to trade somebody like Aaron Rodgers, you need to maximize the return on that. And if mm-hmm. that means, you know, you're going to jettison another veteran along with it, okay. I can understand that, but mm-hmm. um, I, I don't see the salary cap relief being worth, you know, get, giving up potential draft assets that you'd right. be collecting in this yeah, trade. Yeah. Absolutely. We are going to talk a little bit later in the show about some of the interesting ways that the Packers have to move money around, especially when you're talking about someone like David Bakhtiari and some things that they could do. But I mean, man, it is this whole week has just been, you, you said every hour refreshing Twitter. That's a pretty disciplined uh, report, in my opinion. I don't know that I've made it an hour. Uh, uh, just a little bit more trigger happy there. But, uh, I mean, how are you feeling about this? Do you feel like there's been reports that the Packers are going to get multiple firsts? There's reports that the Packers are going to get a third-round pick and maybe, you know, a ham sandwich or something like that yeah. in this deal. So how are you feeling uh, has there been anything reported lately that makes you feel differently? And what should we expect in compensation just from a historical perspective here? Yeah, it's so funny. This reporting seems to like ebb and flow, right? Like all the news coming out was at one point, like the Packers want Aaron Rodgers back. And then it was Aaron Rodgers may want to retire. And then it was Packers want to trade Aaron Rodgers and they're sick of him. And it seems like these things kind of come in tidal waves. And it was like the draft compensation, we're probably talking about a first and a second. And now that has been scaled way back. And you wonder, like, who's putting these reports out there, right? Like, mm-hmm. are the, the Jets firing back and saying, oh, yeah, it'd be like a third-round pick when their goal is really to get out of it without giving up a first? Yeah. Is it the Packers saying, oh, yeah, the, the Jets definitely need to give up at least a first-round pick to get it. And there's a lot of people who seem very credible as sources that are giving us conflicting information. Yeah, This is just my opinion. I'm, I'm looking like recent history quarterback trades. Matthew Stafford fetched multiple first-round picks. Now, you can say, well, Matthew Stafford probably had a longer runway to play in his career. Now we don't know, right? The Rams two years out, there's yeah. all of a sudden rumors that they might be trading him. Um, but, you know, would you give up multiple first round picks for an older Matthew Stafford? Absolutely. When you win the Super Bowl um, and the Rams saw that as a value. Deshaun Watson certainly got multiple mm-hmm. first round picks. And, you know, yes, he's young. Yes, he is. Um, or at least a couple of years ago was a superstar. Um, but a lot of baggage to go with that. Plus having to give him a very, very big new contract. Sam Bradford 
this is a little bit more distant history, but when Teddy Bridgewater blew his knee out in the uh, training camp or preseason, the Vikings traded a first-round pick to the Eagles to acquire Sam Bradford. Jay Cutler fetched multiple first-round picks. Yes, he was a younger player, but again, Raw certainly has no had had no history or track record like Aaron Rodgers. Russell Wilson, of course, the gigantic trade last offseason, multiple first-rounders going there. Jimmy Garoppolo got a second as an yeah. unproven backup. Yeah. Matt Ryan got a third. So if you're going to tell me Aaron Rodgers is worth a third, Matt Ryan also not a very team-friendly contract. Matt Ryan fetched a third, and he was definitely looking like he was on his last legs, and that ended up being the case. Aaron Rodgers, a season removed from MVP. Um, mm-hmm. So you can't tell me that that draft compensation is fair. Now, is my expectation of multiple first-round picks, like two firsts and a second, uh, going to come to fruition? No, I would say probably not. I, I think one first is probably what I would expect at this point, given that it seems like the Packers are only negotiating with the Jets. Mm-hmm. But I think this whole like second round stuff, like just one second round pick, that's nonsense to me. And I actually feel like if the, the compensation is just one second round pick, the Packers need to go back to the drawing board and say, all right, Aaron, you're on the roster right now. What do you want to do? Because if he retires, at least you get better salary cap relief than trading him. And because, well, okay, this is if Rodgers is willing to do it post June 1st. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's actually a little bit better team option than just trading him right now, um, where I don't think a second round pick alone is worth it. Now, you can tell me why I'm crazy for that. No, I think, I mean, you laid out a really good argument for why the expectation should be higher draft capital, just historically, compared to the player that Aaron Rodgers is. I think the one thing that Jimmy Garoppolo and Matt Ryan getting second and third round picks, totally different. It's a totally different arena of player. Yeah. But when you look at the other, the other, you know, situations above, when you're looking at a Stafford, Watson, Cutler's a little bit fuzzier in the past, but a younger player, Wilson to an extent. All of these situations had competition involved where there was at least other suitors around the NFL to kind of push things in a direction and get things moving and those kinds of things. So to me, I do. I think that there's a little bit of concern that Aaron Rodgers wants to be potentially a Jet and there doesn't seem to be a lot of other competition, which I feel like for Aaron Rodgers is a little bit of a gut check that like so many of these teams are just like, no, we're good. Like they don't see the upside of Aaron Rodgers being their quarterback for a year, maybe two, and they would rather complete the rebuild, add in young talent. That's that's interesting, kind of a side note. But yeah, I feel like this is a situation where Aaron Rodgers has probably made his wishes known and the Packers don't have a lot of recourse because he can just simply retire. Like that's they don't they've made it pretty clear that they're not excited to have him back. So retirement nets them nothing. So it's one of those situations where I do feel like they've got to play their cards well here to get compensation from the Jets and maybe taking a little bit less so that it doesn't fall apart so that they come out with something. I don't know. I for me, I do feel like getting a second round pick this year, getting 43 overall and getting a third next year that can become a second if he were to play again next year 
is a much better scenario for team building purposes for the Packers when they have so many needs on the offensive line. They want to add some tight ends. They need some receiving help. Um, I feel like those pieces are valuable, even though, yeah, you wish you could pull a first round pick. And maybe if the if the Jets weren't picking 13, maybe that's an easier conversation. But when you're picking as high as 13, they're obviously going to try to hold on to that, you know, the best that they can. And it frees up. If there's another team that says, hey, we want Rodgers, they're like, okay, cool. 13 is not a guarantee, so we're happy to give up 13. But it does suck that the Green Bay Packers could have traded him last year coming off of a post, uh, off of an MVP season for a whole heck of a lot more than they're probably looking at right now. That's just the reality of the situation. Yeah, at some point after the trade is made, uh, you and I can sit down. Maybe we'll even do it on the show next week and figure out exactly what the Packers lost by not trading last year. So let's say, you know, draft compensation is one thing. If they got the exact Russell Wilson deal, we know that would have been phenomenal. But I'm talking cap space by not giving him the contract renewal. And and that that's a really big gut punch based yeah. on what last season ended up being. The mm-hmm. last thing I'll say is I think if I'm Brian Gutekunst and I'm I'm, you know, in these deep negotiations with Joe Douglas, let's say it is just Aaron Rodgers. I'm gonna say, Joe, would you rather have Aaron Rodgers on your team next year? Or would you rather have insert offensive tackle two from Mm. the draft for the next five? Right. Because that's what it's going to come down to. That's what pick 13 is. That's the Jets' biggest need. I mean, maybe they would go for Brian Branch. I don't know. But it's probably an offensive tackle. And if you are a serious GM in this league and you have the opportunity to have Aaron Rodgers for one or two seasons for a young tackle, especially after you just saw Mekhi Becton basically not play for, right, you know, exactly. his first two seasons, yeah. Yeah. But you have to be like, oh yeah, we can make a playoff run. And by the way, both Robert Sala and Joe Douglas probably on the hot seat in this upcoming year. Yeah. Yeah. They so need you don't him. get your quarterback right yeah. now. Maybe you miss out on Rodgers and you, you, extend into next week and then you you go hard after Lamar Jackson maybe but guess what if your owners having a hard time swallowing the pill of 60 million dollars for Rodgers over the next three years I know the cash is up front from from a salary cap standpoint uh a guaranteed 250 million or whatever Lamar is going to ask for uh probably not not in the cards yeah, it's all really, really interesting. It will be so interesting just to see how it plays out. It does feel like it's coming. Uh, we'll see if it happens tomorrow. But I think the respect factor, Andrew, is a big deal here. The Packers want to handle this in a in a way that honors what Aaron Rodgers has done in Green Bay for so long. And I don't think we want to push past that as a podcast. Like, I think we're, we're in a place, I, I believe, that the best decision the Packers can make is moving on to Jordan Love for the future of this football team. But I've loved watching Aaron Rodgers play for most of my adult life. And so this is one of those things where I think the Packers could push harder. They could say to him, hey, you retiring helps us more financially than the picks. So either get the the Jets to pony up the picks or we got to go a different route. But when it's Aaron Rodgers, I think that right or wrong, they're giving him a little bit more respect in that department to say, we're not going to play games. So we just don't know. Like it seems like no one in the media knows for sure. And we're just going to have to wait and see how it happens. Um, I'll defend Brian Gutekunst here for just a second, because 
there's been a lot of heat around like, hey, this team didn't get it done. This team didn't surround Aaron Rodgers with the talent that he needed. But how many years in a row were they in the playoffs? How many opportunities did they have chances at the NFC Championship game? And they couldn't get it done. A lot of those times it could have fallen on Rodgers' shoulders. You can make that argument. I think going into this past season, he had every reason to think. Obviously, the Adams trade was kind of a surprise. They probably weren't planning on that. But they had every reason to believe that they'd be in the mix again. And they were going all in. And if you put, like, if you have top four chance in the NFC to be, you know, to be one of the top four teams in your conference, and you've done it four years in a row, you think at some point you're just going to fall through, right? Like it's going to happen for you. So for Brian Gutekinds to say, let's take one more shot at it. They reloaded last year thinking that, hey, we have the MVP. He can do it again. And then it didn't happen. I just think that like you can only blame him for so much of that. When like, yeah, it made sense that like, hey, we can give this one more go. So um, I don't know. A lot of people are going to be mad one way or the other. If they if they don't get enough compensation, a lot of blame is going to go around. But I think there's multiple people that that should share that shoulder, that load and not just the organization and not just Brian Gutekunst. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So is is there anything else that you want to talk about news from today? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. The Jets pulled off a trade, Andrew. And It's not the one that we thought that we were going to be talking about. Oh, um, yeah, but it, uh, yeah, they uh, sent the seventh round pick. So this is deep stuff. 2024 seventh round pick for Baltimore Ravens safety Chuck Clark. Now, this is kind of interesting on two fronts, okay? Because we know the Packers have a need at safety, and so it is possible that the Jets wanted to add Clark uh, as a piece that they could then send to the Packers. Uh, it could also be that Clark was. Uh, just a piece that they wanted to add there for their Jets' interest. Uh, but it's worth mentioning that Packers' current director of football operations, Milt Hendrickson, was on staff with the Ravens in 2017 when they drafted Chuck Clark. And we've seen the Baltimore-Green Bay connection in uh, at work in the past with Zadarius Smith and some other ways. So Green Bay likes Clark, potentially, and this is a way for them uh, to get him in a trade here in a couple days. I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know if that's too out of the box, but he's 27 years old. He's a free agent in 2024, so a rental who could get them a comp pick, potentially. Uh, the other possibility is that the Jets are preparing to send a safety like Jordan Whitehead to the Packers in the Rodgers deal, and they're kind of thinking ahead there and filling that opening on their roster in advance uh whitehead makes the most sense to me as someone the packers might be interested in he's 25 years old and i think going to be 26 during the season he's a league average starter but he's solid uh pretty good in coverage um so it, it could be that the jets you know they just wanted to add another safety to this roster um but it seems interesting that in the midst of what is probably one of the biggest trade negotiations in franchise history for the jets they needed to pull off a trade that sent the seventh round pick next year uh, for, for a random safety. So it'll be interesting to see if this has anything to do with what we're talking about with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, for sure. And it, it, it's really interesting that in a time when the Jets seem to be trying to clear as much cap space as they can, of course, you know, Braxton Berrios today, it was announced that he'll be released next Tuesday. Um, in addition to some, some different contract, uh, you know, uh, manipulations that right. the, the jets are making to free up as much cap space as possible 
Um, I do think it's interesting that they're acquiring somebody. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I think in fairness, the 49ers played a decent amount of three safety looks. So they might just be accumulating a really solid vet. I do like Chuck Clark a lot. Um, you know, they're getting them for like a, a 20, 24, seventh or something. Yeah, that's I, I crazy. Think so, you know, I, I think if the there was another player involved in this, Jordan Whitehead would be a super fun chess piece for the defense. He could be a nickel. He could replace one of the safeties. He can actually tackle. Yeah. So, you know, there, those are things that would be really positive in the Green Bay defense. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting dot that you just connected there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, maybe the Jets would be looking to move on from that. Maybe that helps a little bit. With some of the salary adjustments, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what Whitehead's cap number looks right, like, but right. certainly an interesting thing that you brought up. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, uh, so the other thing we wanted to talk about a little bit, because there's been so, I mean, there's so much happening on Twitter right now. It's just, it's just a giant dumpster fire. But honestly, we wanted to talk about, um, could the Packers trade David Bakhtiari or Yash Nyman this offseason? Two separate scenarios there, but there's been a lot of chatter on social media the last several days about the potential of the Packers trading David Bakhtiari. Um, and Andy Herman did a great video on this today, talking about Bakhtiari and Nyman. So check out that YouTube video from Pack-A-Day, a really good conversation. But this is an interesting topic. Obviously, Bakhtiari is an all-pro level tackle when he's available and healthy. Uh, Yash has done a really – he's done amazing for himself as a former UDFA coming in and proving that he can start in this league. Uh, it's been well known that the Packers have to do something – with David Bakhtiari's contract this offseason, uh, Ken Engels spelled it out on Twitter today. The Green Bay Packers can cut Bakhtiari and save $5 million. They're not doing that. Uh, they can trade him right now for the same $5 million. They can restructure him and save $7 million as a minimum. They can also aggressively restructure him uh, in a 
kick the can down the road kind of way and save about $12 million in cap space. So, um, Andrew, what are your thoughts on the Packers potentially trading number 69 and potentially even including him in a Rodgers deal? Yeah, I thought about this a, a bit, especially seeing Andy's um, video on, on YouTube for Thursday. And I know this is a lame answer, but I, I think it depends on what you can get for him. So, you know, let's say you can get a first rounder this season, like a late first, a team like Cincinnati, which ironically, during the bye week, we did players that the Packers could trade. And I linked Bakhtiari to the mm. Cincinnati Bengals for a first round pick. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I I would do that right away. Um, mm-hmm. If you're moving on from Aaron Rodgers, I think that you could do that. Mm-hmm. Um Let's say the Jets wanted to include him in the deal. We're hearing that's not the case, but um, if they could and you got an additional like a 2024 first or maybe that that got you 13 and a second, um, those kind of things, then, yeah, I'm I'm probably interested in that. If, if the Packers feel like they're going to take a step back anyways, then just do it completely. Recoup that calf space, get as many assets as you can possibly mm. get and then try to reload through the draft. But for anything less than that, I I would not trade him. He was basically healthy after returning last season. I know that some of that was up in the air, but I mean you you can't do anything about appendicitis. That's not, <laughs> that's not a that's not a preventable injury. Uh, and he returned a pretty dominant form much quicker than I ever would have expected. Yeah, and yeah. you and I went through just like how difficult it is to get an elite offensive tackle outside of the first round. Right. Unless it's David Bakhtiari, it's probably not going to happen. So unless you're giving me a first rounder back so that I can replace him and, you know, reset that cap number, I don't want it. Mm -hmm. So I I don't think any team is going to give up that kind of draft capital. Mm -hmm. And so I would say probably not. Yeah, it sounds like the finances are going to be a prohibitive factor in whether or not he could go to the Jets in that Rogers deal. Somebody else mentioned, maybe it was Andy, just the the potential for him to fail a physical um, and the right. complications if you tag him onto a Rogers deal and how that could fall through. So that's interesting uh, to consider all of that. I, I do kind of think um, if there was a way that, say we're not talking about pick 13, the Jets want to hold on to pick 13 um, because they want to take a tackle. Like maybe you could package them together and work something out. But in that scenario, the Jets are probably sending players back to the Packers to kind of make up for the salary that they're going to be taking on with someone like David Bakhtiari. So that sounds unlikely. It sounds like that's not happening. Um, But something I think the Packers will consider, and I think the personal piece of it is interesting too, because of course he's really close with Aaron Rodgers. Would he want to be a Jet? But also, what does it mean for him to stick around in a culture change where they're handing the, the keys over to someone like Jordan Love, and how does he feel about that? All of that is stuff that we just don't know and have to trust the organization to figure out. But uh, let's pivot over to Yash Nyman a little bit here because he's in a different situation. This is a different kind of player, uh, has a different value in the league. He's a restricted free agent, and he's likely to get a second-round tender from the Packers, which would pay him $4.3 million in 2023. And you have to think that's a pretty good price for a player of his ability and what he contributes on the field. Uh, but there is some talk that the NFL would be happy to give up a second round pick to get Yash in this offensive tackle market that exists. So, Andrew, what would you rather have? I know this is oversimplifying the situation, but would you rather have a Yash Nyman or a second round pick? Yeah, I think 
I think a lot of that depends on the answer to the first question, like what what happens with Bakhtiari. Yeah. If, if the Packers are comfortable with Bakhtiari and Zach Tom at tackle moving forward, or maybe they plan on using a high pick on a tackle this year yeah. and then kicking Tom inside, I think a second round pick for a former UDFA and the amount of money that Yash is yeah. going to cost has to be incredibly tempting. And mm-hmm. for another team, you'd gladly trade a second round pick for a starting caliber tackle, especially at, you know, what, whatever he would cost right now is going to be cheaper than if he right. hits open free agency in a year. Um, but if there's any chance you would want to keep him around in the future, you just absolutely have to match that offer. Mm-hmm. It, it, it would be interesting to see the Packers get a second round pick for Nyman and then use it on one of the better interior offensive linemen in the class. Yeah. You know, thinking yeah. like Minnesota's John Michael Schmitz, Wisconsin's Joe Tippmann, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that would allow you to reset the money improve on a weakness in your roster because I think everybody can admit the interior didn't play as well as we wanted them to. Um, But I will repeat myself from before. If there's any chance you would want to keep him around in the future, you have to match that offer Mm -hmm. because you just nobody in the NFL is letting a young starting offensive tackle walk, even if he's not great, even if he's Mm -hmm. just solid or good. Um, Even if you get a second round pick back, you know, if which, which is a big if, you can afford to keep him, you have to do that. Yeah, I don't think you can expect to replace the production with that second-round pick because it's probably coming from a team that's picking later in the second round. That's probably where someone's going to be willing to give it up. And you're like, there's there's players you might salivate over. Like, I think Darnell Wright would be an absolute stud to get and try to play on the right side of your offensive line. But he's not going to last until... 55, 60 in in the second round. So, uh, I mean, they're just not going to be able to replace that production with the second round so, pick. So, Kyle, you're telling me that in this this universe we live in, mm-hmm. that Yash Nyman worth the second round pick. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers also worth the second round pick. Dude, I know, I know, it's crazy, man. I, 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 <laughs> I see. I agree with you, and it sounds so ridiculous. Uh, to say it that way, I just don't think we have any idea what this compensation is going to look like. It's such an interesting situation. But don't do that. We were done with that. <laughs> um, but absolutely, I, I think it's going to be really interesting. The For me, I guess, I, I think Nyman is a great player. It just depends on what your long-term plan is. Because that restricted uh, free agency and giving him that uh, second-round tender, it buys you a year. But then you got to do this whole thing all over again, and you're talking about paying that contract multiple years out. Now, if you can invest in a player that you get in the second round, and you're playing that, paying that player a fourth or a fifth of the the price that you're playing that other player, and then that turns into four or five years of, of a player, you know, it, it's a different ball game. So I just think it's if Nyman is a long term fixture in this offense, then you just pay him and you you don't worry about it. But if that's not the case, then you take your pick and you just reinvest it. So it's interesting. Nyman's 27 years old. The Packers have to love what he provides as that swing player, right? At the very least, he's a great player. You can come, you can ask to come in and provide you really good production in, in a pinch. But I think you love that at a minimum, you know that you can get that second round pick. That's a great fallback. It's good insurance. If you slap that second round tender on him, you could get that replacement. But um, I really think it's important here, Andrew, the bottom line, 
that the Packers don't blow up the offensive line. There is no doubt that the plan for roster construction changes a little bit. If Jordan Love is your quarterback this year, you're probably not trying to sign aging veterans for a Super Bowl push. Uh, 2023 becomes a little bit of a building year, right? It's not a full rebuild. There's no reason to do that. Uh, but it's a year for growth, right? Success can't be measured in winning the Super Bowl. Uh, but what you can't do is put your young developing quarterback behind a weak offensive line and expect to fairly assess his progress and his performance over the season going into what will be a big contract year for him when they have to decide what they're going to pay him. So I would be shocked if Green Bay were to move on from both Bakhtiari and Nyman and expect this to go well. Uh, but I wouldn't be completely shocked if the Packers moved on from one of them if they felt like it was advantageous. But if they did, I would fully expect them to reinvest some draft capital in the offensive line to ensure that they provide that environment for Jordan Love to find success. Uh, that becomes the highest priority and failing to provide him with at least an average offensive line, above average offensive line, I think would be a colossal failure by this organization. Yeah. And, you know, one of the fun things about roster building that we talk about a lot is simply you most teams cannot afford to pay more than three veterans on their offensive line. And we know the Packers are already locked into Bakhtiari and Elton Jenkins. Yeah. Um, and they have some decisions to be made on a couple of other players in the coming couple of years. Um, but it's going to be tough because if you lock into Nyman and you lock into Bakhtiari, then that's telling me that, you know, maybe Runyon's not the answer. Maybe Myers isn't the answer. And it also limits your ability to pay some players at other positions as their contracts come up because you're paying, you know, three of your five offensive linemen. Um, so one of the ways to get around that is, you know, to draft really good young players to play, especially in the interior offensive line. And that'll transition us to end the show uh, because my draft prospect to watch this week is actually Wisconsin center Joe Tipman, who I talked about earlier. I try so hard not to like Wisconsin players in the draft <laughs> for multiple reasons. One, yeah. it's super biased because I am a Badger fan. Um, number two I always get my heart broken because the Packers almost never draft them going all the way back to taking Terrell Buckley over Troy Vincent. Um, and you know, the, Oops. the whole TJ Watt thing and, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. They took Eddie Lacy over Monte ball. Um, Anyways, or they traded <laughs> down and and didn't get much. You're not bitter at uh, all, though. Yeah. No, I mean that would have been a disaster. But you know things like that. I, I try not to be such a huge Wisconsin homer, but I loved what I saw with Tipman. He's a really nice blend of size, strength, and athleticism. Something you just don't see at center all that often. He's a taller center, so he can struggle at times getting leverage. He has experience making the line calls. That's something I like about coming out of a pro style offense, like. Minnesota, well, Minnesota, sort of, um, not really, uh, but like Iowa, Wisconsin, Alabama, having that pro style experience is really important because mm -hmm. the center is actually making the line calls. So I think he can start right away. He, he moves really well for a guy his size, like super agile, and he'll be able to pull and get to the second level with ease. He's also very stout, so he has a good anchor. 
he can move people on doubles and he anchors really well. He's he's probably a little bit better in pass protection right now than as a run blocker. Surprising coming from, mm-hmm. from Wisconsin, but um, good skill set to have transitioning to NFL. I think a little improvement technique wise, and I think Titman has a chance to be one of the better centers in the league within just a few years. So two centers I loved in this class: John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota, Joe Titman from Wisconsin. I think. Titman is likely to be the later drafted of the yeah. two. Mm-hmm. I think Michael Schmitz might squeeze into the first round. Maybe Titman could as well. Um, but you know, if he's there sitting with with you know the Packers on the clock in the second round, or maybe if the Packers have an additional second round pick or two, um, then I think he would be a really really interesting player to come in. Maybe kick Myers to guard or as a really flexible bench option um, and and give yourself a chance with a center prospect that has a ton of tools. So I really wish that I would have put uh, an offensive lineman on here because it would have fit really well with our, our show. <laughs> uh, I didn't do that. Actually, I kind of pushed through my interior offensive lineman because uh, I wanted to watch more corners and edge players. It's so boring, man. Yeah. Interior I just, offensive yeah. line. I prioritized different positions before the combine. So now I've got to go back and I've earmarked Tipman and John Michael Schmitz and all those guys I got to get back to. Um, and the safeties, man. I saved all the safeties. And now that they tested horribly, I've got to <laughs> get psyched up to go watch some safeties. But anyway, so I'm, I get to talk about a player I'm actually really excited about. Uh, and that's Devin Witherspoon, uh, the cornerback from Illinois. And it might be Devon. It might be Devon Witherspoon. Uh, but he's five foot 11 and a half weighed in at 181 pounds at the combine. So a little bit lighter than I actually thought he looked on tape. And I thought he would bulk up a little bit from that. That was a surprise to me uh, at the combine, but it doesn't seem like corner is a top need for the Packers right now, but we've heard Brian Gutekind say that there is going to be some change in the secondary this off season and that they're focused on getting their best five guys on the field, no matter how that looks. So uh, we're not sure if Savage is in the plan and we're not sure if they might add a free agent, uh, and a move to safety for Rasul Douglas might be in the cards as well. But any of those things could allow the Packers to prioritize corner in this draft class, which might be a good thing because there are so many good corners. And I'm not sure that Witherspoon is the best corner in this class. That probably goes to Christian Gonzalez, maybe even Joey Porter Jr. have the edge there. But I do think that he might be my favorite corner in the class just from a, a fan perspective. Uh, he was a zero-star recruit. He didn't start playing football until his junior year of high school. So he just didn't get that many offers. But once he landed at Illinois, he just absolutely thrived there. Uh, he got better every year, too. You love to see that natural progression over time. Uh, he got so much better that he only allowed a 25.3 passer rating to opposing quarterbacks when he was in coverage. So only allowed 22 completions this past year. I believe he was targeted almost 70 times. So a really impressive rate uh, of success there. But Witherspoon is great in coverage. He has a knack for finding the football and has shown good hands as well. It's rare that his receiver has the opportunity to make a catch that is not contested. I thought that was really impressive when I watched him. He's always there. Uh, mixing it up. He's not afraid to hit you either. He had a lot of tackles behind the line of scrimmage, uh, which you can attribute to high ability to diagnose and use those instincts 
uh, to get into the backfield. Uh, teams are going to want to know how fast he is, and he didn't run at the combine, which was really, really disappointing. But teams are going to fall in love with this guy. His interview is great. Uh, his coaches rave about his football character. So I really can't wait to see how he tests his pro day. Hopefully he's able to test his pro day, uh, put up some good numbers. I think he could go pretty high. I think you're looking at probably right around where the Packers pick in the first round. Yeah, and there's there's rumors out there that there might be as many as seven cornerbacks going in the first round. Yeah, uh, certainly a lot of top end talent in this year's class, and Witherspoon certainly no exception. So that's exciting. Um, I know that there everybody's frustrated. We wanted to give you a podcast today with some clarification. <laughs> um, I know I'm just anxious about this. I just want it to be done and move yes. on. But I I would encourage you to stay tuned to the Pack a Day podcast, whether that's the YouTube version with Andy, whether that's the audio version with us. Um, we're just trying to keep you as up-to-date and entertained as possible, and there's going to be so much fallout if <laughs> and when this trade goes through uh, that we'll have content for yes. the next month. We have free agency starting next Tuesday, so we'll know a whole heck of a lot about the landscape of the NFL going forward. So I would just urge you, if you haven't subscribed, to the Packaday podcast on your favorite podcasting platform or on YouTube to please go out and do that. Um, but that is all time we have for today. It's been the Packaday podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore pundit. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. You can catch Kyle and myself every single Friday. And we're going to be back next week with a whole heck of a lot more offseason coverage. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And as always, remember. <laughs> Go! Hey, go!